Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End Podcast. This is Dave and Rob getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. Here we are. Here we are on another Sunday night, but we're rocking and rolling. So uh, let's take it away. We got it. We, we don't have too long of a one today, so but hopefully it, it provides some insights. Um, we've got uh, the spy daily here on this slide. Um, Noah, you know, I just want to point out again a fallacy that often happens uh, with traders. They think that because something has risen, that it has to come back down again. And this 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 pattern of distance traveled seems to constantly get in because I'll tell you, I ran into a lot of people after this sort of move up here already were thinking it was supposed to roll down, you know, this way. And then after we had this gap, well, it's got to, it's got to roll over and fill the gap. And we continued to grind up. Right. And, and you and I, I think we're, we're, you know, basically suggesting just allow it to, to breathe and to go and test, you know, the high for the year and then see what happens there. Well, and we did test it and we actually broke through it a little bit even before we had the FOMC announcement, right? So, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's prudent to not think in terms of high minus low, but to think in terms of slope and volatility. And one of the key components that we addressed was the lower volatility displayed in the VIX and the declining volatility that was present and the projections that it would probably continue to go that way or most likely continue to go that way. So that's what you and I were leaning on heavily to suggest the market still had upside potential. I think this is really important because traders have historically made money from volatility and when volatility declines, they have a harder time and they take more chances or more gambles or or try to make something happen and I just want to warn against that. You know, let let volatility occur naturally through some event or whatever and then of course you can jump all over it and and uh respond to that increase. But but uh don't get frustrated when it declines and and you're not getting those repeated uh, chances to make money you're not getting that mean reversion that you're looking for you're not getting those you know you massive reversals intraday whatever that's what the market's giving you you know that's what you have to go with okay so um i'm still coming through loud and clear yeah you're good okay so uh let's see we'll go to the next slide here this is the cues and um you know they they uh they had already broken through uh, much earlier. In November, we already had a break of the year, and then uh, we popped, uh, pulled back slightly and popped up higher. So there's been a lot of strength in the Nasdaq 100 this year, of course. Um, then you have the um, the Dow. This one surprises me because, like, we don't we don't pay all that much attention to it compared to what we do with the Nasdaq or the Spy. Um, but look at how it's uh, you know, been constantly grinding with uh, high signal, low noise, which shows that there is inflows into the industrials, right, into the blue chips. Uh -huh. And that that spiked even on uh, Wednesday uh, a lot more as well. So this has been exceptionally strong. But remember, it was lagging for a good part of the year until, you know, it kind of took off here in November and December. 
And then there was the Russell, which uh, I, I made a little longer chart going back into December of last year because I wanted to show how we had that earlier spike, really had an incredible January and into February for the Russell. Um, along with, you know, the Nasdaq 100 was doing pretty amazing and the, and the Dow was, was, was lagging. But then it really dropped and pulled back because of the regional banking crisis. We just have a lot of regional bank exposure in the, in the Russell. So um, it, it really got uh, hurt there. And it, it traded sideways for a while and recovered, got right back up to test that again. And here we are again. Look at where we're sitting right back up. Um, and so it also, along with the Dow, had a really good move coming from the oversold conditions at the end of October and uh, getting into having that beautiful seasonality um, in November, which which these are the best six months of the year is November 1st right until the end of April. And, and that probably would have stayed elevated uh, up here last year or earlier this year if we didn't have the regional banking crisis. Um, the difference between this and the Dow was that it's been, you know, more syncopated or choppy or more volatile along the way. And then it's natural for small caps to do that. Um, they really had an incredible day on Wednesday, followed through on Thursday. And this is because of this, you know, growth aspect that can come from lower interest rates. So really responding nicely to that. So risk assets, have responded and will responded with the prospects of you know rates declining next year and i don't know if the fed can pull it off the way that it's been telegraphed you know uh, if it's if it can be that expectations realized i don't know i mean we're going to find out uh, so we have no guarantees but at this point you can see the response of these indices and um, you know the small caps certainly don't want to be left behind. And if they've been lagging for the year, they, they, they want to kind of jump and catch up too. Now, here's the sector performances for Friday and for the week. Friday, we saw technology still holding up. It was a, it was expiration. It was, you know, went kind of as expected. It's supposed to be slightly, you know, softer to sideways. And we kind of saw this S&P 500 unchanged for Friday. Um, the Dow and Nasdaq were up slightly and the Russell was down slightly. Um, but the, you know, the, the technology still kind of held up consumer cyclical. But for the week, really the standouts were the real estate, which is directly related to this interest rate potential decline, at least not being raised anymore and expected to decline. A basic materials rallied well because of the decline of the U.S. dollar. So the, the the logic here is obviously if rates are going to stay elevated for longer, the dollar could stay stronger. If rates were going to go up, the dollar could rise. If rates are going to go down, the dollar should decline. And that's what it did this week and why it popped up the basic materials. Industrials had a pretty good week. We saw that with uh, Dow Jones uh, movement too. And down at the bottom, it was utilities, even though they had a good response on Wednesday with the uh, Fed announcement, um, because utilities have a bond component. And so if rates are moving down, utilities usually do better. But for the week, they just got 
you know, they had a good, they had a reasonable week, but they got blown away by everything else. And then communication services had a bad week, even though it didn't do too bad on Friday, but, um, and really that was the Google and the meta impact there more so than anything. So here's the uh, sectors for the week. Now we talked last uh, Sunday about the declining uh, relative volumes. Um, and this was kind of this ahead of the FOMC, the wait and see and stuff like that. And also the market was a bit, you know, sketchy in terms of like we had a big run already and people were kind of anticipating a bit of pullback, didn't want to commit too much. But you can see the relative volumes did jump this week. So really the, the Fed catalyst spurred everything on on Wednesday, carried into Thursday and Friday. And, and Friday was expiration, so you have a lot of back and forth stuff going on. But these relative volumes uh, really did peak up a lot, so perk up a lot, okay? Um, again, for the week, we see the Russell coming in top place of the market ETFs, followed by the Qs and the Diamonds, and then the SPY finally in the last place. As far as the sector ETFs, we see um, the real estate in top spot, followed by basic materials, um, XLI, XLY, and so on. In last place, looks like communications and utilities here. Okay. Uh, map of the market for the week. Oracle had earnings. It did try to recover a bit off of those earnings, but still uh, was down even more than that more than 9% uh, at one point. So still having a struggle. Adobe, I don't know, so they have they have a, a, a lot of great products, but also uh, struggled this week too. Um, just uh, not, not feeling the love. But the uh, chips were definitely feeling the love. Avco uh, Broadcom there was uh, doing really well. Uh, AMD, NVIDIA, you know, seems, it almost seems to me that they, they've been leaning a little bit Kind of like what they've done with Apple for um, many years is you sort of lean on Apple and buy other things. It's like leaning on NVIDIA and buying other things. Um, leaning, leaning, I mean, either repositioning, selling and, and repositioning or shorting and buying the other ones. So you're hedged, but you're um, so it's still moved up for the week, but uh, not as aggressively as we've seen in the past between sort of you know, May and uh, and the end of the summer there. Well, actually, May and the end of November, end of uh, November, really. It had a phenomenal November, so. Um, okay, and then when we got uh, Google, as I said, it was having a bad week. Um, Verizon, AT&T as well. So some of the healthcare, again, more defensive. So you can see defensive healthcare, utilities all you know kind of not the things that you really want to go after when the fed says you know money for nothing right let's go so you want to buy a growth aspect you know growth stuff and um you know home builders because of the declining rates capital markets uh you know all this stuff's going to benefit okay except insurance <laughs> look at the insurers here not having a good week at all all right, moving on. Uh, here's uh, Bitcoin with the U.S. dollar. Now we still use Bitcoin as a proxy for 
appetite for uh, risk. Uh, we did see it uh, kind of having a little bit of a move up, up into the FOMC announcement there. This includes, this last one here includes what's happening today, pulling back a little bit. So it did get, get a little bit of a boost, but um, it's kind of rolled over a little bit. And um, we just couldn't get through that 45,000 mark. So it's sandwiched between 40 and 45. Don't know any prospects for it. Doesn't have that intrinsic value. So again, it has more uh, speculative value. We've got the US dollar here directly related to uh, rates. And uh, as the bonds rallied and yields pulled back, we had the decline of the dollar. So that does impact the sectors. You know, various sectors are impacted more than others, and you do need to use that as one of your leading indicators and um, understand what it affects the most. So when we go to basic materials, there's quite a broad section of, of components in it, but the one that it affects the most, of course, is the metals. And um, I saw a huge rally on palladium too uh, last week from, from this. So normally you know gold uh, and silver and uh, copper might be the, the the more commonly tracked but palladium had a real big spike um 10 year note here's the move that we've had since uh you know middle of october when we started to get inklings of maybe either one and done meaning one interest rate hike more and then nothing or we also got uh, more narrative of no no more hikes and then uh you know we got maybe some factoring in of hey there might be a cut in may and then we started to get maybe they'll be cut in april and then finally we have of course the fed announcement here and uh that really shoots up the bonds and of course the yields came down and that was because they telegraphed that uh and it's hard to walk that back uh they telegraphed that you know, the uh, dovish nature of, you know, that they've been accomplishing good things so far and, uh, you know, all conditions considered, we can probably ease in the new year, okay? So there's as many as potentially four cuts and maybe again, we have none. We don't know, we have no guarantees, all right? But this is what the market, how it responded. It, loves the idea of rates going back down. Okay, crude. Crude bounced a little bit here, and uh, we had a, a we had a support level it kind of drifted down to before that. So we still think about that, working off that. Extremely hard to haul oil, you know, directionally one day to the next. Uh, it seems to have a whole bunch of bad days and also surprise you and have a good day. So I wouldn't say this is one of the easiest areas to trade, you know, the components. Um, we we don't actually include energy in our risk on or risk off list. We do have it in the neutral. We do have one long from the energy sector and one short from the energy sector. Now, Last week, we did talk about solar stocks doing really well this week because of our seasonality, right, Dave? Yeah. You brought up TAN and some of the other solar, and we had a good week for solar. They, they really delivered. 
So that was that was good. Mm -hmm. uh, VIX, here's the decline that we've spoken about many times over and expecting it to go down to uh, if there's no catalysts that interfere with this uh, by April, I would say, you know, or April or May, we should be down around eight on the VIX. Uh, there has to be there has to be a catalyst that interferes. Otherwise, we're heading that that direction. Sorry. Sorry, people. Uh, don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but that is the trajectory we're on. We've broken all levels and we are. Um, you know, we're having the tailwinds of AI, uh, which just means, uh, you know, infra information gets more singular. So you're going to need an upset. You're going to need a, some type of a reset, something that happened to then shoot this thing up. Now, if you're thinking, well, it's getting so low, I'm just going to buy the VXX, which is a tracking stock for the VIX. And I'm just going to sit on that. Don't forget that it decays and decays and decays and decays. So you're going to lose money sitting on it while you wait for the potential event. I think there's a better way to do it. I think avoid that. Just use it as a leading indicator. Trade your equities, trade the sectors, whatever. And if we get a spike back up, the better thing is if you want to be involved in it, is let it, let it have its event. And when the event is sort of like getting factored in, then you short it. And then you get the decay plus the movement uh, back down. Okay, so a much different game to sit on it, expecting something to happen, which you never know when, versus letting the market go first, having a spike, then shorting it, letting it decay for you. Gold, there it is. We had that huge spike up to 2150, and we pulled back to 2000, back up a little bit, and so it's, uh, I mean, it's still, you know, relatively elevated overall compared to maybe other things. Um, so, I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't had a bad year for something that's sort of despised and, you know, not necessarily uh, the, the big deal it was, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. But um, anyway, it's still sitting up there. And here's the economic calendar. Dave, you can take that away. Yeah, a lot of housing data this week. Monday, home builder confidence. Tuesday, housing starts and building permits. Wednesday, existing home sales. And then Friday, it's just a lot of housing data. Uh, Thursday, we have um, some U.S. leading economic indicators and GDP report. And Friday, yeah. there's a core PCE. It's a, that's a good number to show us how inflation is continuing to, to, to come down and new home sales. So it's mostly a housing story throughout the week and some right. inflation data on Friday. And just remember that, uh, you know, at 8.30, an hour before the market open, you know, uh, all of these things come through versus the 10 a.m. for the new home sales and consumer sentiment. So just, again, 10 a.m. could be very pivotal. That that first half hour is often quite directional after the opening range break. And, uh, and then 10 a.m. is often a pivotal time anyway. So just always watch the clock and be aware of things like that that are being released. Let's look back here. We do have existing home sales on Wednesday. That's 10 a.m. as well as the Thursday U.S. leading economic indicators is also 10 a.m. So and home builder confidence even on Monday is 10 a.m. So just keep that in mind. That time of day is really important, especially when you have uh, releases like that. OK. And then we have any earnings this week? Yeah, two major ones. On Tuesday, we have FedEx and then uh, Thursday, Nike, but okay. not much else. <clears throat> so FedEx, FedEx UPS, you know, natural um, 
a pair to stock to to look at and to consider with the uh, with uh, FedEx. So you might might be a sympathy trade there. Might be something to might also FedEx can be used like what's the state of you know here we are uh, well into you know we've had the Black Friday we've had uh, now we've got you know the Christmas season a lot of stuff's already been shipped out. So how's things going for FedEx? Can be maybe a little bit of a a tell on the economy too to some degree. Okay. Well, if that's uh, anything more. No, that's that's it. So, all right, we'll call it short and sweet here today. And uh, thank you guys. Um, have a good trading week. Good luck.